we've created this industry where people think becoming an influencer means growing overnight, having a hundred thousand followers and getting free shit. Yeah. Looks like you've officially entered the group chat with your best friends. My name is Ali Paducci, and this is the Unfiltered Podcast, the place where we leave the heavily filtered world of social media to talk about anything and everything uncensored. From personal wellness to entrepreneurship, spirituality, sex, surviving breakups, and hilarious stories in between, join me as I navigate adulthood with real, unfiltered conversations. Dominique Baker is a Canadian-based fashion and beauty influencer with a strong voice in Ottawa's Black community. Since launching her blog, Style Domination, in 2015, she's amassed a global fan base. Dominique shares her life through beautiful imagery and compelling storytelling that speaks to her fans on a personal level. She's been featured in The Globe and Mail, The Guardian, Flair, CBC, and CityLine. She also hosts events for Dress for Success, The Gem Conference, and has been named a United Way person to know for the past three years. And today I get to hang out with you. (laughs) You're joining me on the Unfiltered Podcast, girl. I am so pumped. How are you? I am thrilled. I'm doing great today. Are you in Ottawa currently? I am. And? I just came back from Toronto, actually. And uh, like both cities, I feel are a shell of themselves. Mm -hmm. Just with Mm -hmm. the pandemic, you know, there's so many stores that have closed down. The streets are empty. Restaurants are closed. Whole nine yards. So... Yeah. I'm yeah. actually from Toronto. So oh. I had like a lot of friends and family back there and they just, they just went into the newer lockdown and said, yeah. 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 It's anyway, sad. yeah we will get, we're, that's a whole other topic. We'll get sidetracked on. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm so excited to have you on the show today. I've been obsessed with your page and your blog and everything that you've been putting out. And, um, I want you to tell everyone a little bit more about who you are and what you do. And then I also want you to tell us more about the two Canadian digital influencer awards. (laughs) I, I, I don't know if I've won yet. Actually, you're going to win. We only speak in that you've won them. (laughs) Thank you. That's (laughs) awesome. Put it out into the universe. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I'm actually a federal servant by day and I'm a social media influencer by night. You know, my, my dream, I hope my boss isn't listening is to do this full time, do the social media stuff full time. I love it. Like, I feel like I have found my voice through my blog, YouTube, Instagram, um, I found a community of people like like-minded people that I just adore. And um, I found confidence that I didn't know I had. It's really, really been nothing but great. Uh, yeah. You know, there's, there's sort of pitfalls to social media influencing, mm-hmm. you know, the uh, <laughs> hit your confidence can take, you know, uh, being under the, like the absolute mercy of brands when it comes to brand collaborations and campaigns. But Overall, it's just been such a great experience. And this year has been a banner year. It's just like exploded for me. And yeah, crazy times. That's amazing. So did you officially launch your blog in 2015? Or were you kind of dabbling before that? You're doing two completely different things. And I love when people talk about turning passion into profit. I think that's so much fun. But what kind of pushed you to do it? I think I actually read somewhere that your husband... Yeah. 
he heard would be you? a good idea <laughs> so like he travels a lot for work and he was like oh you should start a blog you know it'd be it'd be fun to you know like so he would travel a lot for work and like I would work nine to five and then come home and it would be like the dead of winter, there's nothing to do. And I would complain to him that, you know, I was lonely and whatever. And he's like, you should start a blog. You love photography and beauty and fashion and you do fun things. Like I'm sure people would love to see that. And so I started that in January of 2015 and it just sort of exploded right away. It was just bananas. Mm -hmm. I covered the grand opening of the first Nordstrom in Canada, which just so happened to be in Ottawa, funnily enough. And oh it went viral. That was the first Nordstrom? Yes. In Ottawa? Ottawa. Yeah. No. So <laughs> it went viral. And uh, then right afterwards, Tiffany and co invited me to the store to have a private viewing before the store opened. And it just, it just sort of snowballed after that. And it's, yeah, it's been amazing. I'm actually writing a blog post right now. I hadn't written a blog post in a while because like I've just been so busy. Yeah. But the writing and photography is my bread and butter. So I'm just so happy to be getting back to it. That's amazing. So were you on your blog just solely blogging and then you kind of transferred on to Instagram or were you doing the same thing at the same time? Yeah. So Instagram started getting popular, I would say in about 2015, 2014, 2015. And, yeah. um, I always had this personal Instagram account called Dahmer Bomber 77. <laughs> and I was like, maybe I Bring should name back. it. Yeah. <laughs> maybe I should name it after my blog and, and start Instagramming and and yeah back then <laughs> I have to say Instagram was so much more fun like Facebook didn't buy it out and ruin it like it was so easy to grow and yeah. it was just like I loved the fashion I you know one of the first influencers I followed was Ami Song and she like a song of style and I just loved I loved like just getting inspired by the fashion and then I found beauty influencers and I was just like I can do this too and <laughs> Yeah. That's so funny. I was just recording a podcast this morning. Do you follow Christina Galbato? Uh, it sounds familiar. You've probably been targeted with her ads. She slays. You, you, oh. you for sure. Have I'm seen writing this ads. down. Um, and I'll, I can send it to you and everyone listening yeah. after, but we were just talking about how for me, when I've been guesting on people's podcasts lately, it's been such a common topic for people to ask me, how did you get involved in social media? It kind of just hit me for the first time. Do you remember when Instagram just didn't exist? Like it's still so new. It's kind of crazy to think that like you couldn't go to school for it when I got involved with Instagram, but now I'm like, I have run out an entire agency, an entire company on something that was like completely self-taught off of an app. It's like an crazy. App. I, I just remember the days of going out with my girlfriends and mm -hmm. not photographing everything and not, you know, pausing every five minutes to upload, you know. <laughs> A cheers my, for my, Seriously, <laughs> my eggs Benny to my IG stories. <laughs> it is, it's crazy how it's taken over. And we now it's like TikTok and- <laughs> I know. We should do a blog on- what Instagram would look like in 2015, but with our lives today and use like the lo-fi features 
and <laughs> Valencia. <laughs> oh my God. Do you remember that? Like everybody used that filter. <laughs> oh my gosh. Or um, remember when HDR was super cool and yeah. like super high saturated? Yeah. Oh, wow. That was, those were not good times. <laughs> no, like everybody looked like an Oompa Loompa. But also they were great times, like you said, for growing because you knew like, when I, when I got into Instagram, I knew if I posted every day at 7.33 PM and I used these 10 hashtags, my account would like blow up and I'd have crazy engagement. I remember my account was at its peak when I was probably at like 20 to 25 K and I was like banging out like this 20% engagement rate. Yeah, it's crazy. I I remember my peak was 16,000 to 20,000 followers. And I was just growing like crazy. It was effortless too. Like, yeah, now it's just, you know, I, I, I do my research on, you know, how to keep growing on Instagram and how to stay relevant and stuff like that. And they're always like, oh, it's not the algorithm's fault. It's not, you know, you've got to level up and do this and do that. But, you know, your your content gets buried so quickly because, well, there are so many more Instagrammers now. And I, but I do feel like Facebook has truly turned Instagram in a, like into a pay to play sort of business model for sure. And unless you like promote every single post, like it's really, really hard. There are some influencers that I adore and I like honestly idolize. They're my social media idols, like the bird's papaya and and, like Mm -hmm. her stuff is just so raw and so authentic. Like I can Mm -hmm. see why she grows so effortlessly. Like she doesn't even use hashtags. She recommends against it because you can get shadow banned so easily. Right. And, uh, yeah, you know, I just, it's, it's a hard time. Like I'm grateful that I'm still growing, but it wasn't like before. No, it wasn't (laughs) like before, but at the same time, I think it's important to have conversations like this so people can have realistic expectations because Sarah's actually a fantastic example of people thinking that things are an overnight success and she's been busting her. She literally just did a post on this yesterday. I saw, did you see, um, (laughs) when she posted her Facebook status of like some company just offered me $35 to buy something to feature their clothes on my blog? Like, yes. And that, I think (laughs) that was like 10 or 11 years ago. And those are moments that are so amazing to recognize because we've created this industry where people think becoming an influencer means growing overnight, having a hundred thousand followers and getting free shit. Yeah. Yeah. And And, and like, I, I'm, I'm lucky. Like I'm in a comfortable situation. Like I've got my cushy government job and um, like I have paid, like, like I have a biweekly paycheck to Mm -hmm. fall back on. So I feel that's why I've done so well. It wasn't like, Oh, I, I, I better churn out all of this content so that hopefully I can land brand deals and get paid and I'm doing this for free stuff and blah, blah. No, like for me, it was really, I loved my, the thing I love the most about all of this social media stuff is really my supporters. Like I love answering comments and I love getting DMs from people. And I feel that like, I didn't even realize this until somebody told me, a PR person told me, like, they just love the fact that I engage so much with my audience. Yeah. And when I sort of let that go, like, it annoys me that it's it's hard to grow 
on Instagram now and like even on YouTube, it's harder to grow. And, uh, but, but when I got more comfortable with the fact, um, you know, like when I became more comfortable and when I just really accepted the fact that, you know, where I am right now is just fine and serve the community I have, like mm-hmm. a, a lot of the stress levels went down and, uh, yeah, you, you take a lot of comfort and joy in that. Totally. And I think you, you touch on a really important point indirectly, but you have a purpose. It seems, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it seems to me that you have a very clear purpose and you really understand your why, why you're on the platform, who you're serving, and you create content that actually serves to your community, which keeps your community engaging, which keeps your platform alive. You know, I'm, I'm really guilty. The last three years, hated influencers, even though I was one, didn't understand what the the industry was all about, really struggled with what I was doing, couldn't figure out my mission, trying to run a full, like, you know, my, my agency and manage clients and basically keep a page alive. But as soon as I didn't know why I was on it, I didn't know what I was creating, who I was creating for who and what I was speaking to, and it became lifeless, uninspiring, and just not enjoyable. And it's just so good to hear that you are still in alignment and you have a reason as to who you're creating for and why you're doing it. And I think that's what keeps it really, really fun. It's not like going to be like that every day. No. But I think that's a good takeaway for people to have from this is like really going back to that why, like, why am I doing this? Exactly. So that, that's something that I harp on a lot. I'm really big on goal setting. I'm a nerd that way. And like four times a year, I sit down and write new goals for each quarter. Uh, What helps me achieve these goals is seeing them every day. And I feel like I have in my office here, like, it's almost like a mission statement. It's like um, what my purpose is both in my personal life and for my business. And that's what really keeps me going. And that's what keeps me focused is literally seeing every day, who am I serving? Um, Who is my community? Who am I? What are my core values? And, um, you know, seeing that and sticking to it just really makes life easier. And uh, when you do that every single day, especially on Instagram, that's when you start to build a community that's like, you know, super fans. And, And like, you know, you don't need a million followers to do well. No. You just need like a handful of people who really support you and believe in what you're doing. Totally. Fully yeah. agree. Um, we derailed a little bit about the um, awards that you already won. Yeah, I, <laughs> in case you forgot, we're just speaking this into existence. That's right. That's right. <laughs> but in here, you've already won. You're a winner in my mind. So I oh, love can you. you. Talk about the- <laughs> The Canadian Digital Influencer Awards, like how did, how did this come up? What are you nominated for? How can people vote? Like, where are we at in this process? So, um, uh, the, the awards went live, I believe in early September and it was a voting process. And so the founder of the awards, he, you know, like has a website for the awards and there were several finalists. And then when the finalists were chosen, like, I don't know who nominated me, but I'm so grateful. Um, 
uh, yeah, so there was like a handful of finalists in each category and it was by voting. So what I did is, you know, I, I put it in my stories and I mentioned it in an Instagram post and I also put it in my YouTube community feed and people like the first time I put it, especially in my YouTube, I love my YouTube supporters. I swear they're like super they're diehard. Oh my, they're diehard. Yeah. Like when a YouTube subscriber <laughs> chooses to follow you, chooses to subscribe, they usually will like follow you on Instagram and follow your blog and follow your Facebook blog page and all of this stuff. So that first post I did on my YouTube community feed, um, like, oh, vote for me. I was nominated for this. Went bananas. Like so many people, so many people. And, and yeah, but like I was, especially in fashion, I think it's like fashion and beauty. There there was a lot of heavy hitters. Like uh, one of my favorite Instagrammers, Alicia Hack was nominated also. Like I love her. I absolutely. I love her. So I was like, Oh God, like there's no way I'm going to win this. Like they're like, Alicia is an accomplished photographer and blah, 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 blah. So, so yeah, I, we already spoke about, we won this Alicia. I yes. know your friends. I also believe that you won it as well. There's enough winning. <laughs> Co-winners. <laughs> it's going to be, so, yeah, I, I was really, I was really, really flattered because like I said, I was in really good company. And then to be nominated also in the business category, I was just blown away. I, I am a creative, I am a Sagittarius. Like I do not care. Can we swear? No way. <laughs> we can swear. I'm okay. shocked I haven't swore yet. <laughs> okay. I don't give a shit about small details. I am a big thinker. Like I am like both in my job, which is terrible. Again, I hope my boss isn't listening. Like I'm big on just getting it done. It doesn't matter how you got get it done as long as it's done and it's done well. And I'm not a small detail person, but when I became an entrepreneur, when I became a business owner, like you really need to be on top of your admin and be on top of your editorial calendar and all of that stuff. It really helps to be organized. And I became a business person and I'm, I'm looking back now and yeah, I'm pretty proud of what I've made of my little blog, my, this whole social media business. Like I got my Chanel bag. <laughs> I'm just, I'm really happy. We can't talk about that in here. Cause I have a slight, I have a bit of jealousy. So it brings my mood down. <laughs> Girl, if I could do it, you could do it. I can't save a cent to save my life. And like, again, if I see it every single day, I can make it happen. So I have like a vision board of Chanel and I'm like, I did it. <laughs> can you talk to us about what, what else is on your vision board or is that top secret? Is that like your internal thing? Oh no. Um, I'm really proud to say that like I've gotten everything that I've put on my vision board. Like I wanted to go to Love Spain. <laughs> Thank you. I wanted to go to Spain. I wanted to get my Chanel bag. I, I wanted like my dream car was this BMW and I, I pulled the trigger on it back in January. And um, like, like there's also a lot of, you know, again, business goals and mm -hmm. like self-improvement goals. Like I wanted to take a, photography course like I consider myself a pretty good photographer like especially street style like photo photojournalistic style but okay. I always want to hone my skills so you know I took that course and so on and so forth yeah yeah my, my vision board's not stellar but that's like okay it. it's um oh 
This is like a dangerous topic because I'm like, I want to talk to you about so many other things, but I'm like, ooh, let's talk about manifesting. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, I'm all about that. Yeah. I'm really starting to tap into the power of that. I probably started, I don't know, six months to a year ago. I'm working with like an energy coach and I'm doing a lot of shadow work and I'm doing a lot of like overwhelming stuff, but I started to really realize the power of manifesting when I was like, wait a second. (laughs) I'm manifesting every bad thing into my life right now. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh. You know? I'd be like, I, but I would say, I'm like, Ooh, that, that would ha- that's going to happen. Or that I would just spew these words and then they would happen. And I was like, okay, maybe I should focus on putting more effort onto the things that I, that the good things that can happen, not the bad things that can happen. Um, <laughs> Seriously, it works. It does work. Is this something that you like discovered by accident or have you always kind of had like a bit more of a spiritual practice? I most certainly am not spiritual, but <laughs> spiritual by any means, but my sister really is. She's like okay. a, like a hippie, a complete hippie. And she was the one who really got me onto manifesting, manifesting your own destiny and visualizing your own success and what you mm-hmm. want your life to be. And, you know, like she's vegan too. So she's really into health healthy living, healthy eating, whole nine yards. And um, I just saw such a positive change in her demeanor when she started literally manifesting her destiny and being more positive, but like not what I call negative positivity. Like it is okay to be negative. It is okay to be realistic, you know? Like you can't always be like sunshines and unicorns and whatever. But just being a little bit more positive about things and not letting little things get you down. And I started practicing that sort of mentality. And I don't know, I I felt like I just got healthier and better when I started doing that. Um, You know, when, when you're really down on yourself and negative, you're less likely to work towards your goals or you'll talk yourself out of stuff. Oh yeah. Right. Self-sabotage. I'm learning how good my self-sabotager is. Yeah. She's talented. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Minus two, minus two. But when I shook her off and yeah. gave her the boot, like things yeah. really start to happen. Do you have a daily practice or a routine that you kind of do every morning or? Yes. So I got this planner that has a to-do list that is um, separated into three sections. So like priorities, don't forget and your to-do list. And then, oh, at the bottom, there's a brilliant ideas box. Like I got this at Indigo at chapters and every morning I sit down and like throughout the day, I cross off stuff on my list. Like this keeps me in tra- on track. Like I, I do have an intern who helps me with my social media and I do have a brand collaboration manager. And both these people are like literally my right hands. They're amazing. But this little like this little to-do list has saved my butt so many times. So I write every morning I sit down and I write down the priorities of the day, what I need to do, and I keep it with me. And if I have a brilliant idea or if I have a caption idea, I just jot it down. Love that. Yeah. So I interviewed Sarah Nicole of the Birds Papaya for a conference a few weeks ago. And I learned that from her. It's like she that's another like gem she dropped on me. So, so many of us will take photos for Instagram and then write the caption 
when you should be writing the caption and matching that photo up to whatever it is you're writing. Uh-huh. You just get so much more authenticity out of that. So yeah, at the end of it, every day I cross off everything that I've done and I transfer those the, the, like the leftovers to the next day. So that is my sort of mantra. Like I'm not a meditation girl. I do have a five minute journal. Like when I remember I will write, I'll do that daily, but that's like my daily thing that I do that keeps me on track and take my vitamins. (laughs) So funny. Yeah. I love the idea of, um, I I call it my idea bank. I also, I also did a post on it a few weeks ago. It's like, you should always be depositing into your idea bank. Oh my God. I love that. You have, have, um, you have inspiration to draw from because you're not always going to, you're, you're going to, you know, sometimes you'll be blocked. You're not going to feel inspired. And I have, um, I just have a notepad on my phone that is literally word vomit. I call it my idea bank. And it could be something you said right now. I'd be like, oh, I'll write it in. It could be something that popped into my head when I was looking out a plane window three years ago. It could have been, you know, something that I've seen written on a, on a wall walking down the street. And, um, yeah, I think it's so important. I love that you touched on that because I think it's so important for creators or, people that work in the creative space to just you, like, you're going to, ha- your brain is usually scattered and full. So that yeah. always comes in super handy. Totally. Which is really cool. Um, okay. We went down the manifesting rabbit hole <laughs> <laughs> and we go back to the blog because yeah. you recently wrote a blog. I believe it was in September and it touched on the black lives matter movement. Um, but also how that played a huge role in having your social media platforms explode. Uh, you gain new followers, you got new campaign opportunities and recognition that you weren't getting prior to that. Um, so let's talk about that, but you also talked about how it affected your mental health. Yeah. So I guess there's pros and cons, you know, pre black lives matter. If I were to wake up to like a thousand extra followers one morning, I'd be like, yes, finally. Finally. But then during Black Lives Matter, like I, I was always sort of afraid to talk about race relations and my blackness and what it was like growing up black in Ottawa. Cause I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. Um, I have an interesting, like, like the, the groups of people who follow me on Instagram is pretty interesting. Like a lot of black influencers will have a mainly black audience, but you know, like mine is pretty split down the middle like black and white. And so I didn't want to offend, you know, white followers, or I thought, oh, you know, they're not going to relate to this, blah, blah, blah. But boy, everybody related to it. And they just ate up that content. It was amazing. And it gave me the confidence to just speak a little bit more about what it was like uh, being, you know, one of three black kids in my elementary school and, or even like dating, interracial dating and all of this stuff. Uh, but like I had gained something like 10,000 followers in three weeks, four weeks. And, you know, I would wake up in the morning and literally think like, oh, I'm getting emotional. Like, what do they want from me? (laughs) Not like, oh God, what do they want from me now? But like, like what sort of content do they want? Mm -hmm. What are they expecting from me? Like, I'm not a social rights activist. Um, I don't want to let them down can I still write about the fact that I love this pink Fenty lipstick, you know, like all of this stuff. So it was causing me a lot of anxiety. 
And with way more followers came way more hate, especially on my YouTube channel. And uh, I just realized how sensitive a person I was this summer. And I just had to take a break, especially from my YouTube yeah. channel. Like I chemically straightened my hair just to keep it under control. And people would say stuff like, oh, you, um, you're just buying into Eurocentric beauty ideals and you're ashamed of your blackness and, and uh, like, why are you doing this? And uh, like, I don't know, it was just like, and, and like, those were the nice comments. Like, like some people were just getting really, really cruel. Another thing that wore on my mental health was a lot of the hate I was getting was from fellow black women. And I was just like, like, I can't win here. And it really hurt because like, these are my sisters. These are, you know, who I'd expect support from. So I, I honestly, um, I repaired, I soothed myself in the best way I knew how. And that's like, I quit YouTube for the summer. I didn't, I didn't post a video for three months. So uh, I got a lot of hate for, you know, like, a, like just these people making fun of me for straightening my hair and whatever. And then I'd get a lot of hate for not posting. I was like, oh God, I don't need this. Um, but I am so glad, I'm so grateful for the Black Lives Matter movement. Uh, it really gave me a voice. It made me look inward and learn myself. And I just, it, it brought on opportunities with brands I just dreamed of working with before. Like I can't even believe that I'm working with now. I'm stunned. Was it, was it bittersweet for you at times? Yeah. Um, oh, I cried to my husband a lot. Yeah. It's, it's not that you're not deserving of it. You're fucking amazing at what you do. You're stunning. Like you're talented. You. You're very deserving. But the real and raw, honest conversation was that black people were like, we're not getting recognized. And I don't know if you follow like influencer pay gap or you, that account kind of blew up over the last few months, but Same it was with ask a POC. Fantastic. Yeah, it was just so eye opening to, to see holy shit. And that's me and my privilege, not being aware of the issue at hand. It kind of hit me for some of my friends. Cause I was like, I didn't realize that you weren't getting recognized because of your color. And again, having to realize that that's part of my privilege and part of the problem was a problem. Um, but then I had friends that also said, I feel amazing that I'm getting this opportunity, but I don't feel like I earned it. Yeah. Oh, and that oh. broke my heart. Yeah. 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 I, um, gosh, I did that, that hit like a, a nuclear bomb. I didn't, I didn't even think that it was like, I've always been really hardworking and I feel like not, not entitled, but I, I never thought to myself, oh, you know, have I earned this or not? Um, but yeah, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. I can see how people could think that, uh, for me, it was more like, well, finally XX beauty brand wants to work with me. Mm. And finally there's a black face on that page or, you know, finally, um, you know, I would go on lots of press trips and always be the only black person. Uh, there's a few trust, uh, press trips that were like beautifully diverse, but for the most part, I was always the only black person in the room. Um, when I was a small blogger and reaching out to brands, big brands, um, you know, I had a brand flat out tell me, we don't serve people like you. So sorry. Mm -hmm. Like the, like the PR person 
like it, but just the way, like, I know a lot of emotion is lost in emails and texts and stuff, but like just the way she wrote that email, it was just so matter of fact. And so like, well, sucks to be you black person. We don't make makeup for you. And like, I, I don't know. So that doesn't happen anymore. And I'm, I'm just so glad, but yeah, <laughs> it was heavy. Yeah. Rightfully so. Is there something that you would like brands or businesses to know? Like, are there things that you'd love to see more of, or maybe things that, you know, you'd like to see less of? Um, I would love to see like, <laughs> this is so funny. So I see a whole lot more, in, like I'm married to a, a white guy who I adore. He's just gorgeous too. <laughs> <It was picks. laughs> I see a lot of, um, like these advertising campaigns with interracial couples, but it's always a black guy with a white girl. I would love to see more black girls with a white guy. And um, uh, I would just love to not have this be a trend. Like this time next year, I hope I'm still seeing like, like I remember Revolve. Revolve did this press trip with a whole bunch of influencers and and people made it like a meme came out of it it was called like 50 shades of beige and um they the only influencer of color again was Ami Song who is I think she's Korean I'm not quite sure but she's Asian and so Revolve instead of doing better and instead of acknowledging a mistake and doing better they were like well we included a influencer of color there's Ami, you know, and then they've missed the mark so many times. I'm so many sorry. times. And yeah. I don't get it because it's minority owned too, you know, like, uh, yeah. So then, you know, they, they released some, some, like they did some press release and it was, it was doubly, doubly bad. I think it was either Revolve released this or one of the influencers on the trip saying, well, you know, there's, they only work with enormous influencers, like on these press trips. Now it's a bit different. But these girls all had like million strong followings. And um, yeah, they, they somebody released, said it in the media that, oh, well, there's no influencers of color who are big enough to go on these press trips. I'm, I'm paraphrasing here. Or like they don't know of any influencers of color. And, and it's just so crazy because there's so many huge it's just black. Like, yeah, they're, you know, they're just not yeah. taking the time. Like there's Asiami Gold and, you know, like, golden Barbie and all, all of these beautiful people out there who could just round out a press trip really nicely. So, so yeah, that's, that's the only thing I would love to not see this be a trend. I don't think it will be. And I just want to see the conversation keep going. And like, I have to do my own part too. Like I post significantly less about, um, you know, being a black influencer and just being black in general. Uh, but I would say, and maybe that's the blog post right there. I, I had a little burnout. Content I'm human. Bank. Sorry? Put that in your content bank, your idea. Bank. Uh, honestly, like just the burnout yeah. of being, like talking about this sort of activism and but the fallout of doing okay. so. It's okay for you to be like, I don't have the capacity to do that right now. I think that's so important for you to be like, it's not a no, it's just a not right now. Exactly. And it also goes into setting boundaries. So that's something I worked on really hard this summer is just setting boundaries and being okay with them. Like, you know, if I was at, if I just listen to everything brands tell me and like, you know, they tell me to jump and I do it, like I'd be yeah. dead. I'm so tired. <laughs> and, um, you know, my, my, I'm really lucky. Like my 
collaborations manager. She's like a tiger mom and she's so awesome. And she just does not give a shit. Like she'll tell anybody like where to go and how to get there. And she's like, you got to find your voice and you can't be overwhelmed and stressed all the time because then you won't create good content and blah, blah, blah. So, so yeah, I just, I really just started to know my limits. And this was one of them getting back to posting about bikinis and (laughs) red lipstick. Yeah. Would there be like a, a good way you'd like to see the conversation continued? Yeah. For me, um, I would just, I would love to see more positive stories about Mm. blackness as opposed to, I, I, I don't want it to stop. And something I would like to see more of is just the wins and the successes and, you know, so-and-so black business owner has killed it this year with record breaking sales, as opposed to, oh, another poor innocent black woman was shot up in her bed or something like that. I would love to see more wins. And I think that would keep people maybe a bit more engaged because I see on, on Instagram, um, oh, you know, people like um, posts on black lives matter has tanked and people are no longer, uh, Breonna Taylor's no longer trending but I, I think people just get burnt out on the, the awful stories, right? That's definitely a fair perspective for sure. There's one last thing that I would like to kind of migrate into before I let you go. Um, right. You talked about having to take a pause um, for your mental health and, you know, just how you were showing up online. And I just want to talk to you about confidence, like finding confidence in an industry that can sometimes be known for shattering confidence, uh, pushing unrealistic beauty standards, and also my favorite game, comparison. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh, it's a thief of joy. Yeah, because in addition to blogging, you also um, speak to groups about boosting confidence um, and their self-esteem. So were you always super confident? Or yes, it would get me in trouble. <laughs> you were. Yeah, pretty much. Like I grew up in a, a family of with two other sisters and like a, a big, bold, brazen mom. My dad, my dad, while a big macho guy, was very quiet. Whereas the rest of the family, like, were just like Sunday dinners were epic. It's just all of us screaming all over each other just to be heard. And yeah, I've always had <clears throat> a lot of confidence, but I feel like it took a hit when I started to grow on Instagram and and it was totally because of comparison. So for a long time, like I would just follow on Instagram, you know, brands I liked and influencers I really liked. And then a lot of these, a lot of these influencers started out small, just like me, like on a street corner, wearing their outfit from dynamite, (laughs) taking a shot of it. Right. And then, you know, designer it bags started to become really huge. Like designer bags have been like, really popular for two decades now, but like designer it bags, there was like a new one every month. And some of these influencers always like always had a new one or this influencer and, and like little do small influencers know that like other influencers are face tuning their face to death or making their waist smaller and all of this stuff. So seeing this over and over again, on top of influencers who I considered at the same level as me doing better excuse me, growing faster, that would get to me. Something I did that really helped and sounds petty was I unfollowed people who made me 
anxious or stressed out. Oh yes. That is not petty. I literally preach that you do that. (laughs) Yeah. So that really helped just not seeing them in my feed anymore. Just saved my, my brain saved my soul. Um, and also like, I'm also older than a lot of influencers. So I do feel I'm a little bit more grounded um, when it comes to being able to put the phone down. Like, like I'm an addict, like my phone is surgically, you know, attached to my hand, but I am pretty good at putting the phone down. So something I started doing was um, at the end of the night, I'll charge my phone in another room, just leave it in another room. So I'm not scrolling right before bed. That was something that really bothered me. I would see negative comments on YouTube right before bed and it would make me ruminate and I'd lose sleep. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. So I unfollowed people who made me anxious or made me feel bad about myself. And I started following more accounts that actually weren't fashion or beauty based like Nat Geo, the National Geographic uh, Instagram account, which I love like dumb, some dumb meme accounts. That's my whole Um, feed. Memes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, Like just lighter accounts that had nothing really to do with what I'm doing from day to day. I also started, you know, following people with totally different interests than mine. Like it's important to, have a differing point of view or understand other people's different points of view. Like you grow that way. And it just sort of calmed my brain also. So that really helped. Yeah. I, um, I think it's funny because Instagram or social media or just traditional media in general has this reputation of like, it, it makes you feel bad about yourself. Yeah. But we forget that we actually, at least on social can, take pretty good control over what our feed looks like, you know, and what content we choose to engage with and the types of content we choose to follow. And I had to do the same thing. I had to literally start going through and say to myself, like, does this inspire me? Okay. It can stay. Does this make me feel good or bad? It can stay. And just not making it personal. You know, there's that really personal aspect of people being like, oh, if that person unfollows me, they're going to be mad. Like you are number one, you are priority, your needs and your boundaries matter. Yeah. And that's such an easy, great takeaway that people can have to start shaping like the types of content they're consuming and setting little boundaries with yourself of how much time you're going to allocate to scrolling or also criticism how much weight you decide to give criticism to you never get criticized by someone doing less than you exactly and something I swear by so I I have I had that on my vision board it was like a meme I saw or not a meme but like some inspirational quote on Instagram (laughs) the other one is never take advice from somebody you wouldn't switch places with Ooh, yeah I get that all the time like these these I'm sorry idiots are like eh that color looks bad on you or why would you wear that blah blah blah. meanwhile like they're no fashion icon or they're not a business owner or they're not this or not that like why should your somewhat hurtful constructive criticism make me feel bad when you don't even know what I'm going through or what it's like I know I wouldn't trade places with you but it's hard because when you get when you get a lot of them even just getting one sucks but when you get a lot it hurts. I don't care how yes. confident you are. I yes. don't think there's a person out there that doesn't go through this, that it kind of affects them. It's really when you start to be like, okay, hold on a second here. 
block, delete, not responding to it, doesn't matter. Like what, if it came from my best friend, that would probably sting. Yeah. Did it hurt from this person that actually probably just made this fake account to literally comment on my post? That's a little bit sad. I feel worse for that person. So (laughs) (laughs) I get those. Someone commented on my photo a week being like, oh, her eyes are really nice, but she just looks tired and old. And I was like, oof. Oh my God. And I was so sad. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm pretty sure you're a fake account. Why am I so stressed? Like people are making fake accounts to talk shit to you. That's a lot of (laughs) mind energy, like a lot of energy to waste on something that's A, so mean and so dumb. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, "Yeah, okay. I am tired. I'm literally exhausted of these fucking comments. Seriously. And at the risk of sounding like a snob, like I think to myself a lot, like that knee jerk reaction to tell off a nasty comment or whatever, it's beneath you. Like it's, it's beneath that behavior is beneath me. So that, that I also like, I have that written down and that keeps me in check too. Or when I say keeps me in check, like I don't retaliate online, but I, you know, just forces me to stop and, and, and truly be, you know, objective about what this person's saying. That was really just meant for me. Cause I will be like, oh yeah. And then, you know, that meme where it's like clickety clack clack, I'm tapping on my phone. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> Oh my God. You're getting distracted. No, no, every time. That's so (laughs) funny. Um, Okay. Well, before we end this conversation, I would love for you to leave everyone listening with three actionable takeaways or pieces of advice that they can really just sit with to kind of boost their like self confidence or peace of mind. Oh, okay. So, um, Honestly, so the first piece of advice is to, (laughs) I'm embarrassed. (laughs) Um, Every now and then I'll get a really nice compliment from someone or a really heartfelt comment online. And I will save that in a little folder in my phone. Mm. And when I feel bad, I'll just reread those. And it's just, it boosts my confidence and lifts my spirit. And it almost always makes me cry. (laughs) I need that. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Okay. Actionable for myself. Okay. Next. Uh, The second thing is, you know, if you're online a lot or a fellow influencer, yeah, just stop following those accounts that make you feel bad in like, like at all. Like if they make you feel bad, even in the smallest way, just get rid, Mm -hmm. stop it. And then secondly, I think it's really, really important to practice mindfulness. So um, doing things with intention, uh, acting with intention, like when you're mindful and self-aware, uh, I feel like you make better decisions and uh, you can potentially hurt people less, hurt yourself less, so on and so forth. Like putting yourself in other people's shoes and um, really thinking about how it's almost like the butterfly effect, like one little action can cause a ripple effect. So just being mindful with the things you do can really cause you to grow personally. Love that. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Before we leave, why don't you tell us what you're currently working on and where people can find you, how they can connect with you? 
Oh, that that's awesome. Uh, you can find me on Instagram at dominique.baker. I also have a blog, styledomination.com, which I thought harder about that five years ago. That name is so <laughs> dumb. <laughs> Uh, I'm also on YouTube. You can search style domination, uh, things I'm working on right now. Like I've got a few fun collabs on the go. Uh, I've been named a brand ambassador for Lise Watier, uh, cosmetics. I'm all about clapping for you. I'm like, this is Thank so you. exciting. <laughs> Thank you. Um, just, just, I'm, I'm working with some brands that are just so huge. I'm, I'm just so pleased to, you know, to, to be working with these people who I never, yeah never ever imagined um and you know I, I i don't want to jinx myself i have something a project that i'm working on right now and i'm just praying that it works out i think this could be a game changer for me and it's something i've always wanted to do so just just keep your eyes peeled i won't give it away i'm sorry okay no we'll stay tuned um well thank you so much for joining us on the unfiltered podcast today and in case you need to tear this today you are very deserving oh thank you it's gonna thank be you, my dear. <laughs> thanks girl <laughs> take care Allie thank you thank you for listening to this week's episode of unfiltered with Allie just a friendly reminder that I have two episodes that drop every single week for you on Tuesdays and on Fridays and if you like what you heard please be sure to subscribe and of course leave me a review I love hearing what you guys think of the episodes lastly be sure to connect with me over on Instagram at at unfiltered with ally you'll be able to access a ton of extra content from each of the episodes slide into my dms and you can find the link for my free online community this is designed for inspiring badass women all around the world i can't wait to chat with you next week see you then